Cubs president Jed Hoyer talks past, present and future, we're planting trees every day. By John Greenberg. Mesa, Arizona, the last time I did a spring training question and answer session with Cubs president Jed Hoyer, it was 2019 and he wasn't yet the president. He was still the GM, working under Theo Epstein. The Cubs were still in their competitive window. But not for long. For years later, the Cubs still haven't won a playoff game since 2017. Epstein is back on the East Coast, fixing baseball, and Hoyer is left to reconstruct the dream, or myth, of the next great Cubs team. As for me, I'm still doing the same thing, asking Hoyer questions and hoping for meaningful answers. Hoyer talked to me on the upstairs patio of the Cubs' Sloan Park headquarters on March 23, before the Cubs' 11-1 spring training win over the Diamondbacks. Some answers were edited for clarity and a few questions, including ones about Hoyer's favorite lunch spots in Winnetka, were cut for space. I've asked this to people today, what is this team? What are you about? Last year, it was, whatever. The year before that, you knew what was coming. You probably weren't looking forward to those seasons as much. How are you feeling going into this season? Well, first of all, it's been a great camp, I think, David, Ross has done a great job. We have a really, really great group of guys. So this has been as smooth sailing of a camp as I can remember, from a makeup standpoint, from a coaching staff standpoint. I think that's what the season is about, establishing that identity. What do I think our identity can be? I think we can play unbelievably clean and aggressive baseball and that's what I hope our identity is. I hope that leads us to being really competitive. But we have to prove that, we have to go out and do that. And that starts a week from today, right? So that's what I hope our identity is, competing hard every night. It's funny. Ross just said prove it, at his media session, and I said that should be your slogan for this year, prove it. Bud Black, when I was with him in San Diego, he would always say over and over, it's a performance game. It's a performance game. And he's right. Is that what you're thinking right now, this season is going to be a little more fun because you're competitive? Absolutely. And I really feel like we're on the front edge of something. I definitely want to get back to where we were and then I want to sort of take it one step further, which is like to be able to build it and make it truly sustainable, which is unbelievably hard. I think that's the biggest challenge because I am so proud of what we did. I watch a lot of these old games on Marquee and I'm thinking to myself in 15 years, they'll be showing all the games that we lived through, the three straight LCS, going to the playoffs five out of six years. I'm unbelievably proud of that. But I want to build it and sort of make it anti-fragile and make it so that's not a six-year run, that's a 16-year run. What were the biggest lessons you learned from the last time you did this? You guys hit on so many good things in a row. The sustained success was there, at least not as much as you wanted. I'm really proud of the fact that we got to a place where we were the number one farm system in baseball and we won 97 games in the big leagues and we were really healthy financially, from a payroll standpoint. We got to sort of the absolute pinnacle of what you could get to and that part one couldn't be more proud of. But I look back, I think to myself, what are the lessons I learned? 
What we know is that when you get to that place, that's when you have to continue to evolve. And I think that's a lesson I take from it, that you never stop evolving and pushing forward even when you're at the top. Winning is like a lagging indicator of decisions you make over time and I think that we won in 2015, 16 and 17 because of decisions that we made in 2012, 13 and 14. And I think that we struggled at the end of that run a little bit because of decisions we made when we were on top. We did not develop pitching well enough, but we hit on some great trades with guys like Jake, Arietta, and Kyle Hendricks that carried us through. We signed John Lester and a bunch of short deals like Jason, Hamill, and John Lackey and those guys carried us through too. But the depth that we had from a pitching standpoint was never enough, we were never able to get by with it. And that's probably the biggest thing we've focused on over the last couple of years. Let's really draft and develop pitching exceptionally well and not have that same issue again. Was there a complacency? Did you guys fall behind in terms of analytics and advanced analysis? You ended up building the pitch lab in 2019, but was there a period where you fell behind? That's kind of what I was alluding to. When I think back on where we were, when we were sort of at the top of a mountain, I hate the word complacency because I think it implies a laziness. I think back and, oh my god, we never stopped working. But I do think that we were probably stubborn to the things that we had success with. And it's really hard to make changes when the things you're doing are working. I don't think we pushed some pitching initiatives in the minor leagues as hard as we should have. And I think in that way, we fell behind. Yeah, we did. And we worked really hard after that to come from behind. But did it cost us? Yes. And that's why I said so many things that we do are lagging indicators. We're planting trees every day, but those trees don't show up today. They show up later. And so to me, we didn't plant good trees at that point and that part of the forest was kind of barren. That's my biggest takeaway. And I think it's a great life lesson. Pakoda has you guys at 76 wins. What are your internal projections? Are they higher? I wouldn't tell you that. I mean, I think I expect us to be competitive. The projection systems are real, there are a lot of them out there. And they're all based on their internal blend of metrics. And so I would never argue against them. I think that our job every year is to prove them wrong, prove they're too low. And every year, there's going to be a team that outperforms their projections by 10-plus games like that. That needs to be our goal, to be that team. This spring training you're not just looking at young players, you're looking to see how these veteran one-year guys are going to do. What have you seen from Cody Bellinger, Trey Mancini, all these new guys coming in? I think both guys are terrific teammates. Bellinger got here right after we signed him. He was coming in every day lifting, working out, hitting with our guys. I've watched his confidence grow as the spring has gone on. And Mancini, his reputation as like an A-plus teammate is definitely well-deserved. He's a breath of fresh air, every day he's super positive. I think he's got something to prove. He didn't have the walk year that he wanted to have. I think that having guys that are hungry and want to go out and prove themselves, you don't want to have a whole team of guys in walk years. 
there's no doubt about that. But having a group of guys that are hungry to prove people wrong, I think, is a great thing. I wasn't in the clubhouse enough, there was no clubhouse access in 2020 or 2021 to really judge the overall vibe, but it didn't feel so positive the past couple of years for reasons like you said, guys were in walk years, guys were struggling. How much does this team need that kind of positivity? Certainly going into 2021 it was this, I don't want to say it was a cloud, hanging over, but we had pared down the roster in the off-season, and there's a lot of guys entering walk years. And I do think that one of the things with walk years is you want people playing for the team and not playing for themselves and not focused on money and things like that. There is a business part of the game, but I feel like on the best teams, those are the conversations you don't hear very often, right? And when things start to go awry, it can turn into more of an individual pursuit. There are always going to be conversations, and that business part is always going to be there. But when it's a topic of conversation or a thing you hear a lot, that in my experience, is almost always a negative. I do feel like in the last couple of years that was the case a little bit. And frankly, when the deadline becomes something that people are talking about, it's also a negative, because it's a natural thing for people to wonder about their place and things like that. So yeah, the last couple of years I'd say that the vibe hasn't been what it is right now, which has been a really positive camp. Guys are in a great place mentally. And for a lot of reasons that wasn't the case last year, and frankly, some of that's on us and how we built the team. I don't push that off on other people. I think that's somewhat our responsibility. Everyone's talking about Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani in the WBC. Or were you more excited about you Darvish versus Kyle Schwarber? The ending of that couldn't have been more perfect. I mean, it seemed borderline scripted and it's just so good for baseball, especially coming out of a year with the lockout and the more you talk about the business parts of our job, the worse it is. Last year in March, we were talking about the lockout and the impact of the lockout after it ended. And this year, we're watching these incredible players on this huge stage, with real competitiveness, real emotion, the crowds are awesome. I don't think baseball could have asked for a better form prior to the season. Did you watch that last at-bat with, your son, Beckett? He was so into it. He was like, he's going to throw a slider here on 3-2. And he did. The theater of that was incredible. Did he ask you to sign Shoei afterward? Laughter. I know he asked, can we afford Shoei? Can you afford Shoei? Laughs, no comment. So do you have a direct line to Theo to save the game? Do you give him tips? He's doing a good enough job on his own. He doesn't need my help. It is interesting. Obviously you have a good friendship with him. Everyone loves these changes. You love them, right? I mean, definitely. For all of the things he's amazing at, which I could go on and on, I think the best is his true love of the game. He truly loves the game and wants what's best for the game. And I think that, to me, is one of his most endearing qualities. 
I've watched, good God, how many games I've watched with him, but certainly over the last four or five years, the number of times we'd be watching a game, and he's been like, this isn't the right product, we're not running the right product out there, and no one wants to watch a game when it's a quarter of nine in the fourth inning and you're like, oh my God, I don't like this product and I've dedicated my life to it. And we had a lot of moments like that. And to his credit, he wants to do something about it. And I credit the league and the commissioner and everyone for being willing to think about, how do we make this game better? The pitch clock stuff is awesome. Yes, there's gonna be growing pains, of course, but two and a half hour baseball is the right length. And if it gets longer than that, hopefully it's because it's a hell of a game. And it's tightly contested, but baseball should be a movie, it shouldn't be a mini-series. I think sometimes you watch these games, and you're like, this is never-ending. And the pace is a slug. And so I think that's been great. And I think that some of the other changes will be more subtle and they will take more time to take hold, but I think that getting more action in the game, having the ball in play more, I hope this is the first set of changes that will allow us to get the game into a really great place. We are an entertainment product. We are. Yeah, it's a sport, but is also an entertainment product. And we started losing the entertainment part of it a little bit. And I think we need to get back to that. Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer have watched plenty of baseball together. AP photo slash Charles Rex Arbogast. What changes would you make? I won't talk about my changes, but I will say that I hope there's more stuff to come as far as keeping the ball in play more, cutting strikeout rates, things like that, I still think that starting pitcher, like when you look at the playbill of a game, it's the two starting pitchers. Part of the entertainment product is who's pitching today. Oh, it's Marcus Stroman against Corbin Burns, I love things that will make the starting pitcher prominent and I love things that will cut strikeout rates and keep the ball in play because ultimately the pitcher controls so much of the game. I hope that the rules continue to evolve so that we see strikeout rates come down we see starting pitchers' impact grow. I don't think players have ever been better. With that being said, do you have enough power pitching and power hitting right now? Is that something that worries you? Our defense is going to be really good, which certainly helps that, but yeah, the ball is going to be in play more than with some other pitching staffs and we're going to have to convert those into outs. From a power-hitting standpoint, we had so much power for so many years, at times we were that three-true-outcome team that we talked about with too many strikeouts and a lot of power. We're a little different than that now and candidly, I think what I'd love is a little bit more of a blend. We have some guys that put the ball in play really well now, but yes, I'd 100% like more quick-strike ability. One thing I think is kind of silly is the next great Cubs team narrative. You buy into that? Rome wasn't built on a day, right? But I will say this, building something that's just okay doesn't exactly snap you out of bed in the morning. In all humility, I've been a part of some really cool things. I always think to myself, in life, I never want to be the person who talks about the past all the time. Yeah, those moments are awesome. And sometimes over a beer, you'll talk about them, right? But I always want to be forward-thinking. What's next? I don't want to be the guy that everyone's like, hey, man, close the yearbook. 
I think what snaps me out of bed in the morning is, how do we build something truly special? I think we did that last time. How do we build on top of that? I don't want to just think, how do I get back to that level? Because that's a really boring goal. How do we get back to that and then go beyond? In my mind, the coolest thing I've accomplished, the best thing I've accomplished, is yet to come. And I have to think that way. I have to wake up in the morning thinking that what I am working on with all these great people here is to do something that's even more special than anything we've done already. Top photo, Michael Reeves slash Getty Images.